When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Kristen Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce. Joyce, we're going to talk about being the Ricardos. Our favorite new movie? Yes, our favorite new movie. With I, mean, like you're, I know you're so partial to Gucci. No, you, you, were, say- you, you told me yesterday you think it might be better than The Last Duel. So to start there, I think Gucci might be better than Last Duel, which we talked about last week, I think. And we were like, oh, Last yes. Duel is probably better. My reasoning was it's just more fun to think about and talk about House of Gucci. It's just a lot of fun. It is. It is. That's facts. Yes. <laughs> but being the Ricardos, uh, we can't review it technically, but we could talk about it. Uh, I love yes. it. Great. I, I really liked it too. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like two hours, but like very quick and like just kind of like a breezy, like fun watch yes yeah super enjoyable i would yeah, say very sorkin if if you like like west wing like sports night sorkin like this this is like sort of like that basically like absolutely that uh yeah the thing i kept thinking of watching it was uh this is like the closest he's gotten to west wing season one as a director for sure uh and this a writer. Is his, his strongest uh directing Effort. For sure. Yeah. So uh, Being Ricardo's coming uh, December 10th in theaters and then Amazon will release it on Amazon on December 21st uh, based on the a week in the life of I Love Lucy with Nicole Kidman as Lucy. I can't imagine people watching this don't know this, but just to slightly contextualize it, uh, was dragged on Twitter immediately because uh, everyone really wanted Deborah Messing to play Lucille Ball. Uh, and in interviews, Aaron Sorkin was basically like, I didn't really want them to do impressions. I wanted her and Javier Bardem, who plays Desi Arnaz, to do like the characters of really like, you know, Lucy Ricardo, basically. And uh, the movie does that and does it really well. And also, I think he in interviews had said previously, like he wanted to take people by surprise. The expectations for this, I would say, were low, would you argue? Oh, for uh, sure. I mean, I, I feel like we deserve a pat on the back because... Uh, last month when the teaser was released, we talked about it and we were like, is this being underestimated? Cause everyone is just coming for the casting. Cause they don't think they look like Lucy and Desi or, or Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. When the movie is not about the Isle of Lucy right. characters, it's about Lucy Ball and Desi Arnaz. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Expectations were low and, you know, uh, the the social embargo lifted over the weekend and most of the reviews especially for nicole were positive and and my screening last night we're recording on thursday uh there was a q a afterwards with aaron nicole uh jk simmons uh who plays uh, william frawley and nina arianda who plays vivian vance and aaron yeah he like reiterated all those same things like he didn't want like direct impersonations of these people and you know he was like you know people have the wrong uh, like picture of like Lucille Ball in mind when they hear her name because they just think of like Lucy Ricardo and that is not Lucille Ball and he's like Lucille Ball is is does not even look like Lucille Ball because that wasn't like the real person and and he came for Twitter <laughs> yes he he was like asked for like final thoughts and he like said some stuff and and then he he was like there back then back in the day there was this like uh like committee that would like vet casting choices like if you want his example was like if you wanted to cast JK on your show they would like you know look into him check his background be like yeah good to go go for it and then he was like that group today is Twitter <laughs> so not gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Joyce 
I'm going to guess it doesn't engender him a lot of goodwill on Twitter. Uh, uh, no, but like he never really had any, especially no. after that PHR interview a couple of days ago. Was it yes. last week? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah. So he definitely is not, uh, not interested in playing like nice with, uh, current, uh, what would I say? Like, uh, <laughs> the way society wants to, he does not want to play ball with seemingly yeah. like, what I, I will say like, like his that, that, aggressiveness. Yeah. But like that, that comment from it, it got a great reaction from the crowd. Cause I was, first of all, this audience was this theater was packed. It was like not reduced capacity. There was like not a single seat in there. Cause it was like a guild screening and everyone loved it. Um, and, and they love what he said. Like, you know, they all got, they got a standing. It was like a partial standing O, but when like Nicole came out last, it was like full standing O. Um, and also this, this crowd leaned like slightly older and like there were, there were definitely people there who were alive when I Love Lucy originally aired. Um, but they all loved it. There were like people behind me, this like group just talking about like how they were like huge Lucy fans and like they couldn't wait to see it. And they didn't even know like the structure of the movie. They didn't know what it was about. Like they just knew like these people were in it and it was written directed by Aaron Sorkin. And then like this couple in front of me afterwards was like Nicole like winning the Oscar. <laughs> So uh, I think she might. I, we, we were going to do this live. I don't have her winning yet, but I was going to move her up right now. I also want to say I, I said Lucy Ricardo before I met Lucille Ball. So uh, don't cancel me There's on uh, Aaron Lucy. Sorkin. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin, don't come for me on Twitter, I guess, because I said it wrong. But I knew what you were talking about. Um, but yeah, I think there's so uh, after I saw it, I saw this, I guess, last week also. Right. I guess it seems like the weeks are blending together, Joyce. But I yeah, believe yeah. I saw this last week as well. And I was like. This is going to get many nominations. I just could see it. So first of all, it's a movie about Hollywood uh, that is very much like inside baseball. Often, I think it like goes into not just like the, the basically the structure of the movie. Like you said, it takes place across a week. He like put a lot of big events that didn't happen in one week into one week. So it's like, uh, is Lucy a communist is like the runner and like how that would affect her show and her career in the second season of I Love Lucy is Desi uh, cheating on 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 Lucille Ball, uh, perhaps, perhaps not. That's another runner. And then like, you know, just basically getting the episode ready to air. So it's like those and, and are also like the, she's she's pregnant with her second child. And like correct. so those are all like big issues that they're trying to deal with. And it's all backstage machinations. And it actually gets into like the weeds on like specific like they do like a table read and like giving notes and like how the director is lost and how she's able to like block a scene. It's got all these very much, very specific uh, TV and filmmaking conversations, like how Desi like created the set and how the cameras were situated. So the audience could see what was happening. All these and very like he, he, like, created things, like the kinetoscope, like uh, right. camera. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like, and even like down to like arguments about who gets credited where and the placement of billing and how that perhaps means that like Desi is actually the titular role of I love Lucy because he's the I. That, that was, that was a, a great thing. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> all of these very specific conversations that is really in the weeds that I think would play extremely well for an industry that loves talking about itself. Right. So like we've seen in the past, like movies about movies will always do well. And yeah, like those, all, all those uh, inside baseball stuff played really well with my audience again, like a guild audience. So, so that's, yeah. I, like I, I actually, I need to rewatch this movie because there were just some parts where they were just like a falling and like applauding and I could not hear the next slide. <laughs> so uh, I would say that to me, I immediately put it into best picture. I have it in there now. I don't have it winning, but I have it getting nominated, especially like we said, with uh, 10 nominees filling out the 10 is not the easiest task. It just seems like this one would really get a lot of support broadly. Uh, so I have it in for best picture. And then I honestly think, so like I said, I really think Nicole could win. Um, I, I think she could win too. Um, she's a great, I need to put her in. I'm going to so put her in now. I'm moving her up right now to win. Here's, here's my rationale. Okay. Uh, she's a great actress already won. People love Nicole Kidman. And it feels like she's actually been doing the best work of her career over the last like five years. Right. Like with like big little lies and even, the undoing and all these all on TV, of course, but like really kind of like hitting a stride again or like another level as an actress. And, you know, I, the other competition is like we said, like Kristen Stewart and Spencer, Lady Gaga and House of Gucci, both great performers, both great performances. But I just think that. I don't know, I just feel like based on the movies themselves, like 
the support for being the Ricardos, I feel like will be stronger than those other two movies. No offense, those other two movies. And maybe then Nicole gets in. It's possible of those three performers, she's the only one with the best picture nominee. Because I could see House of Gucci. I think I, I have it in, but perhaps it misses. And I don't believe Spencer, Spencer would get a best picture nom. So that like will help Nicole, I think. And it's a great performance. And like, I think it goes for twofold. A, like you were saying, a lot of people like love Lucy and remember her and also are like excited for this. And she actually does maybe nail it. And then also for people who were like, why is Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball? Then they watch it. Even like you were saying, like all the responses were like, wow, she's really good. (laughs) Like, it's like very much like a uniform, like people are like, oh, she's actually good. So even the doubters maybe who were casting aspersions on it before seeing it, uh, we'll see it and be like, oh, she's really good. So that's that's why I think she might win. I don't know. I think there's a lot of goodwill for Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I don't know where where should I put her? Should I put her in two? <laughs> should you I could. put her in one like you? <laughs> I mean, you could put her in one like me if you like Maximum Chaos. And I'm sure we'll change this again. It's not set. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what? Why not? We need more excitement. Like it's. I mean, I I love Kristen, but you know, just just for funsies. Yeah, we have time. It's November. Yeah. Why not? I, I actually um, dropped Francis. Sorry to Francis. Um, wow. I know. But no, I, I think, you know what? Like Nicole is way overdue for a fifth nomination. It's insane. She only has four nominations for the resume she's had, the career she's had. Like it's like the fact that like she and Jennifer Lawrence are both going for their fifth nominations this year is wild. Like no yep. offense to J-Law. Love J-Law. She's great. But like Nicole should be on like, like, uh, like Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett level, like seven arms, like going for eight, like she, she should have more nominations than she does. So, I mean, I would be happy. Like, I, I don't know if she'll win, even if I, like I'm putting her in first right now, but I, I would, I would take a fifth nomination for her right now, um, because she deserves it. And she's really great in this. And I do think she can win sack. Like she has 14 nominations there. Um, has never won for film. She won for Big Little Lies. And, you know, she got in for a bombshell. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? um, and and she didn't win SAG for the hours when she won the Oscar. So she's, you could say she's overdue for a film win. I don't know if anyone knows she's never won a SAG for film. Right. Because, um, you know, uh, but like, yeah, like, you know, this, like you said, like it plays well to the industry as we've seen. Cause like the, I think it's screened in uh, LA over the weekend also to like guild members and it played well over there. So uh, I think like they'll be there for her. Um, And I could see her winning SAG. And, and like you said, like, you know, Spencer is like more art housey, like it's, it's the more polarizing film. Whereas this, I think, you know, it's, uh, even if you don't like the film overall, like, I, I think it's, it's a lot easier to digest, like, everything and I, like they're both similar in a way that even if you don't like the pictures like you appreciate the performances you know mm-hmm. like the actresses so yeah yeah I, I don't know I don't know if like I think like we've you know we've said before that like Kristen is like the safest for a nomination now and like I think we said in a column two weeks ago that like we're just looking for like her strongest competitor and I would say it's Nicole right now yeah I can't I, I, I think you're totally right and I think if she wins SAG like this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but that's like a big, and without a golden globes this year to like buttress, you know, like if, if this was the golden globes year and like people were going to pay attention to it, I understand they're going to happen, but let's just say like nobody actually mm-hmm. cares. If they're not on air, <laughs> uh, you would probably have being Ricardo's in comedy, I'd argue. And then she could actually win probably yeah. in comedy. And then you'd have like Kristen winning in drama. And then it would be like, well, they both won kind of like, just Chastain and just uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I think from was that zero to yeah. 30 silver linings year. Right. Yeah. And like setting up that kind of like one, two uh, battle. But without that, I just feel like, yeah, like if Nicole wins SAG critics choice, I could see going to Kristen. Cause I think that'll be a critical hit, but maybe, I mean, the response has been so strong. Maybe Nicole just starts to steamroll. I guess we'll see. I think for critics groups that will start seeing given out awards, like in December, like, I don't think Nicole would win those personally. I, I could see, um, I, we'll talk about them a little bit. I could see like Alana Haim winning those. Yeah. Or like, um, and, or like, and like you know, Coleman. maybe Kristen taking, I, I don't know if Kristen won the major ones, but I guess you're taking like a lot of regionals, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, like Nicole, I think, I think this thing with SAG is like, it's important 
But also we've seen like in recent years that um, if it's like a split year, like this, the SAG winner does not mm-hmm. go on to win the Oscar. Like, you know, we saw this past year, like Viola won SAG right. and Francis, Francis who won BAFTA um, won the Oscar. And then, you know, Glenn won SAG and then right. Olivia won the Oscar and both like Francis and Olivia won BAFTA, um, but BAFTA, you know, this year or this past season, they, you know, changed like their whole uh, nominating system of the panel. And they also changed it again for next year because there were so many like outrageous snubs this year. So now it's like if we're acting like the top two vote getters are automatically nominated and then a panel decides the other nominees. So I could see like Nicole not being nominated BAFTA strangely like i don't i don't know i guess she would have to be really strong to be top two because i can see like kristen being top two i, I was gonna say what if kristen's not because an american playing princess diana does that like ding her at all i don't think so i, you don't, I don't think know. so no. i don't know i guess mm, that's my that was like, a conspiracy that was like no i like it's I mean, like Nicole is an uh, well, an American-born Australian playing an American icon. So, um, yeah, I don't know, like who the top two would be in BAFTA. So, I, I so I guess it's just like, will whatever panel is selected for that category nominate Nicole if she's not in top two? You know, right? Like I can see even if Kristen is not in top two, I can see the panel nominating her. That's, yeah, for sure. So that would be Nicole. So I, I moved her to win. You have her winning too. Great job, us. Are we like the only ones? <laughs> Maybe. But no one's talked yet and seen it. You know what? Fun. Just, you know, have some fun. Yeah. Uh, so the other nominees I have it. So let's move to best actor quickly. I put Javier Bardem in. It's a crowded category. Okay. I, I really liked him too. <laughs> He's incredibly enjoyable in this movie. It's the most I've ever liked him in a movie. It's like a full movie star performance. He's so charming. Uh, he really is great. The Sorkin dialogue with him is perfect. I haven't liked him in something this much since like Skyfall, maybe like, honestly, like he's so good. A, a movie, as we know, I haven't seen. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. This is, this has now become a really crowded category. Like we talked about this, I think in the column, because I was like Gaga over uh, Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. And I think we have like Peter Dinklage for Cyrano, Nightmare Alley for Bradley Cooper, right? Like these are all possibilities. Denzel Benedict and Will Smith, seemingly the three favorites. But I put Bardem in. I don't know. Even with like Joaquin Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these other movies, I don't know. I just think if the if being the Ricardo's plays as well as it does, continues to play as well as it does, I kind of feel like he's in. He's so it's like impossible. He's so likable in it. I just think it's like a really you're rooting for the character and the performance. I don't know. I, I just think he could get in. And he's also not been nominated. How long, Joyce? You're really good at this stuff. How it's been in, so in like long since we've been I know. Probably both. Both he and Penelope could get nominated this year. So, right. I mean, um, like, I don't know. So, that's my take for him. I understand it's like a longer shot because I think Best Actor is a little more competitive and maybe he's like running seventh or eighth in reality, but I put him in at fifth. Yeah. And I, I like this is one of those movies where it, it's sort of, I mean, like Belfast in a way that they have like four uh, acting contenders, but in this one, it's in each category. Because right. he also have Nina and JK in supporting. So I don't know right now. I mean, I think JK is probably next in line as a possible nominee. So, like yes. so I don't know if I'll put Javier in. Um, That's fine. But I, I really enjoyed him. And He's you know really what? Incredible. Also, when I left the theater, this is, I'm like a block away now. And I was like at the crosswalk, and this couple, <laughs> was still talking about the movie it's and the great. guy was like i just fell in love with ricky all over again yeah he's like incredibly enjoyable i will say too he got a sag nomination for skyfall he did so i'm like he, he could also get in at sag for this i could see that very easily i, th- I think this this could be a sag ensemble nominee um, for sure yeah mm-hmm. and so then i have jk in as well uh, we've talked about best supporting actor being a lot yeah. of wide open space I know. I wanna, uh, I'm going to put him in now. Who should I drop? I don't know. So right now I have, I have our boy Jared Leto winning uh, for House of Gucci. Stills. Winning. Yes. I kept okay. Bradley Cooper and we'll talk about licorice feats in a little bit. I have him in still. And then I have JK Simmons in third. He is so William Farley is a great role. He's like a cantankerous, uh, you know, oh my God. also all of his lines are like so relatable. to me. Every line is funny. He yeah. absolutely, the fact it's, you told me a great story last night in text. I'll let you tell it. But the fact that this is like the first time he's done a, 
actual produced Sorkin thing, right? Like he was not in anything else, I don't believe. But he was. No, so yeah, so in the Q and A, yeah, in the Q and A, Aaron said that he was talking about like how you need like world class actors to play like these parts, and you know, like he's he's known J.K. for a long time because J.K. was an understudy for A Few Good Men, and then. Uh, one day he like he was called to like go on stage and like Aaron was like I just like raced to the theater to uh you know check him out and then he was like and you know it a few years a few years later uh when he won the Oscar for Whiplash he was quote like the least surprising thing I've seen since Nicole won the Oscar for the hours <laughs> but I was also thinking like what about like Javier winning in between that <laughs> He didn't remember that, I guess. Yeah, he didn't. But, uh, it's because Javier wasn't there, so. <laughs> that's why. Um, I absolutely think he's in. I think he's so, he's just so funny in the movie. And he's got a lot yeah. of scenes. I think he's got enough scenes to make it work. He's got a big scene with Nicole. He's mm-hmm. clearly, like, just killing the Sorkin script. And he gets all the, he gets, like, most of the funny lines, I'd say. Like you said, very relatable. Uh, I think yeah. people really I, I don't want to spoil the lines, but, or, like. Yeah, we could talk about when we when it comes out. We'll, I'm sure we'll be repeating them because it's like very uh, good. Yeah, so I and I was, in yeah, sure. like he, I, I was like, I knew he was going to have like a like a big scene coming up with Nicole. like I just knew like Aaron would do that. Just knowing like what he did with the with the West Wing when he would just like every season or like the first four seasons when he was there he would tell like all the supporting actors like this is going to be basically saying like I'm writing your Emmy tape mm-hmm. like this year like this is going to be it and you know the supporting guys rotated for three years winning so like you know like nina has a big scene with nicole and then jk has a big scene with her so it's like like they they both have like good screen time good amount of screen time to get in so then nina would be the last one i don't have her in right now but i might just do it live on the air here uh you're gonna you're gonna put all four of them in (laughs) i actually am i'm pulling a scott feinberg for belfast and putting all four of them in uh okay so I, I actually think, she, well, she seems like the, to me, it's like both maybe the longest shot of the four and also like she's outstanding in it. And the kind of actress I feel like who has been around for a while succeeding in a lot of different places, but never, never gotten the film role and recognition mm-hmm. that she maybe has needed. And this part is great. She's so good as Vivian Vance. Again, her byplay with, uh, with JK is awesome. And I think a lot of the stuff she's talking about in the movie will actors will respond to because basically it's like, she's talking about, I mean, like she's younger, she's much younger than, than uh, William Frawley, but has to be like too uh, old to be his, like, you know, like it's like, she's the butt of all the jokes and like how offensive Mm -hmm. that is really to her and how she tries to like overcome that in real life and how she's not really taken seriously. I think that'll, I think that's a really compelling uh, character she nails it. And I think actors will respond to it like they do the whole movie. So I could see her getting in. I'll put her in right now. Um, I just did it. Okay. So I have all four of them in. <laughs> Every week you're standing a new movie. <laughs> yes, it's, it's really bad. I'm a total hack. But I really enjoy this year's movies. They're all actually good. A lot of them are. At least. I, I just remember when when you came back from like seeing this and I was like, how was it? And then you're like, I actually, you're like sort of like almost ashamed. Yes. Like, to say you liked it <laughs> well i hate being a uh, uh, spoiler i don't like being uh i don't love being like one of the first people to see something only because like i don't know you, i like you, you want to like, be a bandwagoner no i don't <laughs> love being a bandwagoner but i guess i like being like oh this is good and then i'm like is it going to get destroyed because everybody's going to hate it like you know what i mean like yeah, i saw yeah. i'll give you one i saw that I was like surprised people didn't like I saw like last night in Soho. I was like, I walked out of that. I was like, that's a good movie. And then I went online after and everybody was like, this is not a good movie. It like really did not get a good response. It seemed like from critics and people on film Twitter. I was like, I don't know. I really liked it. And so this, I thought it was going to be like the same thing where I was like, I don't know. Just, it's you know, really good. stand your ground. Like what you like. Don't like what you don't like. Yes. That's a good. It's good <laughs> advice. Joyce. Um, so I love Sorkin. I think, uh, you know, overall, so I don't have him. So I have the four actors getting, I have it in for best picture. I have it in for best screenplay. I don't have a winning best screenplay. Um, I don't have Sorkin in for best director either, but uh, I, I don't think, think I is, would predict him. I don't think so, but yeah, I definitely yeah. think of his three movies, all of which I've really liked. Like I liked, uh, really enjoyed Chicago seven. And I think Molly's game is like super watchable and like actually continues to grow in esteem as like you watch it. And it's like, there's Jeremy strong pre-succession, just killing it. You know, like he's so uh, good. And it's like definitely the best Chastain performance I think she's ever had. Um, you know, I think this is actually his best movie. I definitely feel like this is the closest he's gotten to being like 
West Wing movie, basically. You know, it's like it's like his it's as it's at the level of West Wing, the four seasons of West Wing that he did. Yeah. I mean, it's behind the scenes on uh, a show. It's it's not not, not Studio yeah. 60. <laughs> no, it's not Studio 60, but it's definitely like it's he does he's best at like workplace Michigas, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all his like social network is like a lot of workplace stuff, I feel like. Uh, Steve Jobs for sure is like the backstage uh, machinations of Apple, West Wing, Sports Night. All these shows are like about mm-hmm. people in a heightened environment working together and like and the also a fast runner did not look like Steve Jobs really. Right. So. so yeah, I think it's like his best thing, and I would say like he's got like a murderer's row of like people on it. Like I mean, not to I, I interviewed uh, Jeff Cronenweth for our, our um, cinematographers panel. Great guy. He did uh, two Oscar nominations. He got one for a social network and he's worked with David Fincher and T shot this movie. It looks awesome. Our boy, Daniel Pemberton did the score. Okay. So uh, during the credits, when, you know, all the title cards are coming up, Daniel Pemberton's name comes up for music by huge round of applause. I mean, (laughs) I I think it's going to like, who are we going to, who are we going to root for Daniel or our boy, Nicholas Patel? I'm actually torn. Oh my God. Like, who Nicholas Patel, who who just won what was a Hollywood Music Award? Yes, he won for Hollywood Music or, for Don't Look Up, which hasn't even screened yet widely. But um, I know. so yeah, no, I think it's like a lot of good below the line uh, people. I think a lot of the people he assembled for this are gonna are like very well respected in the industry. I don't know. I think it's gonna do really well. I could see getting like, you know, I'm aiming high with the acting nominations, even if it only gets. I mean, like, you already got it down for four, so I've already got it down for like six <laughs> with the picture and the screenplay. I mean, even if it doesn't get the the acting nominations, I think. I still think Nicole and JK are like on pretty solid ground. Yeah. I could see it getting like six or like at least if, if Chicago Seven, I think, got six nominations. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think this should get at least six, you know, if not more. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, Chicago was also like like a top five contender, which I right now I don't think this is. Right. That's the that's you the know? difference. But it's also a stronger year. I think that's the problem. It's like this is better than Chicago Seven to me. They're both yes, good. Yes, yes. This is better, but I think the year is just better. So it's like it's a tough, a tough mix. Yeah. So, so yeah, like this year's mix is more eclectic. And even though yeah. we have a lot more options or whatever to fill out a ballot, I don't know like which ones I would select or anyone would select. Right. Really. It's it's sort of like top heavy, but not really. This is actually shaping up. We could have like a pretty hardcore uh a-list winners if you have like will smith nicole kimmon mm-hmm. and jared leto maybe winning right i mean like and then <laughs> i don't know kirsten dunst like that's like four. Oh like, my god we could have a beguiled reunion yep that already went viral the two of them like talking to each I other i know what what do you think nicole said to kirsten uh i loved your movie probably i don't think they say <laughs> anything that crazy i think they're just like hey this is a good movie. You're really good in Power of the Dog. But I mean, that would be like four legit A-list uh, stars potentially winning uh, Oscars, which would be really fun. I don't know. I, I, I'm just like, I, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. The reviews, I don't even know when they're embargoed to. I could see, you know, I think. I think I think it's the week of release. So I could I see, like I mean, I think yeah. broadly critics will be like, not as enthusiastic as perhaps you and I were and like maybe the industry is. I think it'll probably be like, you know, solid reviews, nothing, and maybe some, pans, yeah, but nothing. Like, like I don't think it'll be panned. I mean, obviously there'll be some people who are like not into it. Yeah. Um, but, it's but like, even just, yeah. just like looking at like the social reactions from the past couple of days, it's like, everyone agrees that like Nicole was great, even if they have issues with like the movie itself or like Sorkin's script. Um, I know like some people have been like, it's, it's like too model with like too many things going on and stuff or if they think you know if they're like unimpressed by his direction or whatever you know right um but like the the common ground is that like nicole is great yeah so i think yeah and i think that's still strong and i think we like we said we we're looking for a, a kirst uh a kristen stewart excuse me kirsten dunce kristen stewart uh what have they both went kristen and kirsten <laughs> looking for a competitor and i think we found it in nicole i just feel like it, it's going to be the, the narrative is going to be too compelling and I don't know. I think she's going to be really. It tough. would also be like hilarious and ironic if, like, you know, she. I don't know, like, how much of like 
these voters and like the industry is like aware of the backlash. I mean, like Sorkin is like talking about it now and stuff and he's being asked about it, but it would be funny if like this backlash against Nicole, like from like the first like six months when she was cast and they were filming, like that actually engendered sympathy for her. And now people are like willing to defend her, like her peers and like people in the industry who've worked with her for the past, like 30 something years. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, I mean, I think like, whether or not he intended it, like it definitely, I mean, like the movie's good. It's not just good because the expectations were low, but I think people's expectations were like, not as not super through the roof, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that you're coming into it with that. Even now, I think people are still like probably, even though we're talking, like, even though the response has been good, I still talk to people who are like, I don't believe that it's good. Basically. You know what I mean? Like, I think if Mm -hmm. you like, you're not, so I think like the movie is the the movie is good and like people are like responding to the movie on that level and like it's gonna exceed the expectation. So um that's uh that's being the Ricardo. So you mentioned uh the critics prizes before we could switch to uh, Alana Hyam. Uh we want to yes, say uh, a movie that uh the licorice pizza. Yeah, that has gone uh the reviews are already out. Like it's 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 gone, you know, glowing reviews. So this a very, is definitely a very critic friendly movie. Yes, it's superbly a supremely critic friendly movie. Uh yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson's new film. Yeah, is which out I, I liked a lot as well. It's 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 great. I, I was very much into it. Uh out in limited release next week. It comes out Christmas Day in like theaters for for everyone to see. But if you're in New York and LA, you could probably see it next week. Um yeah, like I was like really gobsmacked by how charming uh, Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman especially are. I think we, I talked about this in our our column. I just loved Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. The movie is like very shaggy dog, like very episodic, uh, just moves scene by scene set in 1973. And it's about uh, Gary Valentine, who is the Cooper Hoffman uh, character, who is a child actor. And just like the antics he gets up to while falling for a much older woman in Alana Hyam. And it actually ends up being like very sweet and like good natured, I think in a lot of places there are definitely, it's like the kind of movie where like that scene could probably go, but also like the whole thing is just like a cumulative good hang. I would say. Oh, Uh, it's a total like hangout, like coming of age film. Like I, I want to watch this film in the summer. Yeah, definitely. It's like a summer summer vacation film. It's, it's kind of like the Sandlot. Like, I just, I just want to watch this when I'm like not doing anything. <laughs> it's uh, very much, and I, he compared it, I think he's compared it to like American Graffiti and Fast Times or Ridgemont High. And like, mm-hmm. I've seen people compare it to like Dazed and Confused. Like, it's actually less uh, story driven than all of those. But I mean, it's definitely like in that conversation of like, just like hangout vibes. And like, definitely, like you said, like a, a summer fun, like warm weather movie. Um, so as an awards contender, I don't, I mean, like I said, I think the critics will be all over it. I still think that he could get for a, a screenplay. I think that's like the best avenue. Oh, for I have him winning. And yeah. like, I do agree. It's like the, like you said, like it's very episodic, but it's also, it's, it's hard to hate this movie. Yeah. I think I agree with that. It is definitely, like you said, like there are sections where it's, you're watching it and it's like, it's funny. You, you were like, Oh, it's before you saw it. You were like, Oh, it's like 130 minutes or whatever. And I was like shocked that it was that long because I was like watching it. I was like, it didn't feel very long to me, but it does like slow down in spots. But I was like, it feels like a two hour movie. I don't know. It, it just it, is it, like, it slows it is down. It, it slows down after uh, Bradley Cooper's segment. Um, so, and then it sort of wraps up kind of quickly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, like I said, I think the two leads are remarkable. I would have, yeah, they're I would really be good. shocked if they got in Oscar nominations just because like, it just seems like not something that would happen, but I think they'll get a lot of critical prizes. If either one of them got nominated, I'd be absolutely thrilled. Um, but like if Vicky Kripes didn't get in for Phantom Thread when that movie got like six nominations or whatever, I just feel like it seems unlikely that Alana Hyam would get in for best actress, though I could see people putting her in. She's yeah. really great. Well, I think, Phantom Thread was also later because that was like one of the last movies like, yes. seen. And that calendar was also shorter. Like we have an extra month this year and this has obviously been screening already and like reviews are out and it's opening right. next week. Um, uh, I can, and that year I like was also kind of like sort of set or like some, some of that five was set. Like that year was, you know, like uh, Three Bow Boards and like Lady Bird. This is sort of like Lady Bird, this movie. I thought of Lady Bird too, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, So I think, like, Alana, this is, like, a true A Star is Born moment. Uh, Like, she just has, like, 
I don't know, this, this, like, you can't describe it. It's just like that, like star quality. And like, it's like such a nat- natural, like so much charisma, like great chemistry with Cooper Hoffman, who's, who's great too. And I, I think with Cooper, like, like I said, like last week in our com, like I, he's probably too young. He's 18 and that c- category is stacked, but I'm very excited to see like what he does next. <laughs> Uh, actually for both of them. Um, but like, I could see like, this is really like Alana's the lead. Like this yes. is like her movie. And like, um, I, I think she has, I, I want to put her in, but I don't know who would I drop now. Do I drop like Gaga or like Penelope? <laughs> I don't know. So like, I'm like, I'm, we go back. I mean, like it's really crowded as usual. Best actress is like the most compelling category and like most mm-hmm. exciting. And then this year it's like full. So right now I have Nicole, Kristen Stewart, Lady Gaga, Chastain, and Olivia Coleman. I actually dropped Penelope Cruz, but I'm thinking of putting Penelope Cruz back in because I feel like if we're looking, we didn't even mention her before, but I think from a critical standpoint and the Critics Award, she's actually going to get a ton because like that, that if you look at our experts' uh, predictions, like she's running second. So I could see like Olivia Coleman not getting in for Lost Daughter, or maybe this is where Jessica Chastain gets bumped out if we're going to put Alana Haim in. But, you know, I don't know. She's so uh, super compelling, but I don't know. Yeah, I think she would need to like definitely win a lot of like critics awards just to like have her name in like the headlines and and not just like breakthrough performer prizes, you know, like actual like best actress awards. And um yeah, like you said before, I don't know if she'd win like critics choice like that would probably be Kristen right I can't really see her winning SAG like we said like I could see Nicole winning that um I don't but she could just be one of those like passion votes that we always see like get through in the end and Oscars even if they don't like hit any precursors um like I I could see her getting through if like people really love this movie and her performance like like, yeah, like you, you, it's hard to hate this movie and it's also hard to hate her performance. Like it's, it's yeah. just so winning. Um, I mean, it's like he wrote it for, I mean, like Paul Thomas Anderson has worked with Haim multiple times, like on a yeah. lot of their videos. They're actually seemingly friends at the screening. I saw he did a Q and a after with the two of them, uh, Cooper and Alana. And she was basically like their relationship is such that she could like text him and like they'll, he'll just show up, show up to make a video for them. So like he got clearly like wrote the movie with her in mind. I think he surrounded her with, her whole family is in the movie. Yeah, her whole family is in it. <laughs> it. It's like, I mean, he put her in the best position to succeed and she like is just so winning and charming. Yeah, and then her character has like her birthday because there's like a whole thing with Bradley Cooper about like when her birthday is and it's like the real Alana's birthday. <laughs> so it's like, it's very much like that. At the same time, like I, in, in, in the q and I saw it was a DGA and she was like, the, this is like the best, not the best version of herself, but like a much more tough and uh, in like tough tough-minded version of herself. Like she was like, I would never go like in the movie. It's not, there's really nothing to spoil about this movie, but I would just say like, there's a scene later on uh, where there's like a strange man, like watching over uh, the mayor's uh, office. It's kind of looks like it's going to be like, a, it's like taxi driver. I thought of for some reason, like, or whatever, but like it ends up, there's nothing uh, untoward about it necessarily. And she just goes up to the guy and it's like screaming in his face. And like Alana Haim was like, I would literally never do that. But the character I, like, uh, is I totally would never fine do that. to do that. <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm doing this. Um, so yeah, she's wonderful. But I mean, we kind of are like, I think the obvious nominee though is uh, Bradley. He's not Bradley. in it very much. Okay, but, so uh, like we kind of knew that like even like before anyone saw this movie that like he only shot like a couple days on set or whatever. And like, you know, you know, you heard through the grapevine that he's not in a lot. You saw it and you said he only has like two scenes. So when I saw it, I actually timed it. Yes. <laughs> I just like, like hit my phone screen, just check the time. And yeah, those two scenes, the first one is like about three minutes. The second one is about four minutes. So it's seven minutes total and changed. Cause then he has like a final bit, like a couple of minutes later mm-hmm. when he's just like walking in the background and then but that's mostly audio like you hear him like talking to like these two girls so maybe that's kind of like 15 more seconds of audio or something so it's like seven minutes and change of screen time (laughs) and uh it's possibly the best seven minutes of the year i would argue he's unbelievably it It went over i also saw it at dga and it went over well it just like explodes the movie and like you mentioned like actually not even a negative but like it's almost impossible for the stuff that that comes immediately after it to match 
uh, right, yeah, the energy totally. of he plays John Peters in the film, the famous producer who was dating Barbara Streisand, or was he married to Barbara Streisand? Even I don't even remember. They were, they were dating. I don't think they ever married. He produced Star, the original Star, or Hearst version of Star is Born. It's like the basis of Sham, Warren Beatty and Shampoo. Is it basically like a very well known? Uh, figure in Hollywood who was also possibly problematic as well. Uh, and Bradley Hoover's just like, um, just crushes it. He's so, it's like, he's so hopped up. I think David Ehrlich in his, or either in his Twitter or in his, in his review was like, like comes in like a cocaine Godzilla basically. And it's like, true. I mean, he just is like, yeah, like, he, like you don't see his face when he enters for the first time. It's just him like walking like yeah. towards his driveway, but like, you know, it's him. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, the way he kind of just like works with Cooper Hoffman is incredible. I think they're, it's just, it's so funny. It's such a great character and bit. I don't know. I think he could get in just on the strength of the seven minutes. It's so good. And I think everybody leaving, like if that one is going to say the same, like, Oh my God, Bradley Cooper's incredible in this. I know it's a small part, but I feel like God, he's so good. I think he's still going to get in. I, I was like, like oh well, I'm not going to put him in because it's a cameo, and then I was like, actually, he's really good. I think he's going to get in. So I mean, most most of like the supporting people in this are cameos. Like it's really a two hander, right? Um, yeah, the so, other actors in it are, are Sean Penn as an extended scene. Tom Waits is in that scene as well, and then Benny Safdie uh, is in it. Maya Rudolph is in it for like two seconds. Doesn't I don't even know if she says more than one line. Honestly, she's not she, in it very much. Well, her first line uh, was hilarious, and everyone cracked up. That scene is awesome. It go, he goes, yeah. uh, Cooper Hoffman's character is the child actor. He goes in for an audition. It's it's very funny. Um, it's another movie. I, I, so, yeah, I, I have him in and I have, uh, I think I ought to have Paul uh, winning for screenplay. I just think like if the, he's going to win an Oscar, if this is like, let's get Paul Thomas Anderson an Oscar, it seems like hard pressed to imagine a more perfect movie than that. This is a very accessible mm-hmm. movie. Like you said, super watchable, based in Hollywood, about Hollywood stuff. Yeah, a lot of uh, inside like uh, Valley references yeah. right. <laughs> that like LA would appreciate. Um, and, yeah, and, I still have Bradley in in fifth. Um, I, I mean, look, like Judy Dench won for eight minutes, Beatrice Strait won for five minutes. I don't know if he can win, but right. that category is so open. And like all over the place. And he is like a true scene stealer. And, you know, like n- no offense to Sean Penn, who has more screen time in this movie, but like no one comes out of that movie talking about him. <laughs> Correct. It's like, it's just not like, and it's not even generate, like he's such a, you're right. Like the part is so like big, like that it's just Sean, it's just going to dominate even like all the other real actors uh, or, you know, major stars like Sean Penn. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he could win either, but I mean, who knows? Like he's, that category is so wide open. I think I still have Jared Leto in there because again, <laughs> it's also a huge performance. But it's uh, I mean, I have him in there, but I don't have him winning. So, so I have him winning because of like yeah. the industry love for him, seemingly, and also it's like it's this. It's in the same. It's in the same area code as the Bradley Cooper performance. I'd say it's just very big, and he's got a bigger mm-hmm. role. So that was why I was like, oh, of course, like Jared could win here rather than Bradley. Because it's like he's like a major character in Gucci, whereas Bradley's in this for seven minutes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do you have it in for best picture? Yeah, I have him. Um, it's in the top five for me. I think. Like, I think it's. I don't. I don't know if it can win. Um, but I think it's definitely like a top five. Oh, I have, I have it in, in for picture top. and director as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've always had him in director. Um, yeah, so I have Licorice in three right now. I I don't think it'll uh I don't think it'll win. But I I mean it's definitely gonna win a lot of critical prizes. I think there'll mm-hmm. be some backlash to it. I think like you said, because it's episodic and I think the um the romance itself is somewhat problematic or could be deemed problematic. I mean, there, there was, you know, like when the trailers were released, there was a lot of like speculation. Right. And I think it's handled, I think it's handled well. I don't think, and it's Mm -hmm. like, it just is, it is the premise of the movie. So it's like, it is what it is. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I could see there. And it's also, but I'm like his, all his, like this to me was his best movie since, uh, there will be blood is certainly the most one I've enjoyed more. And I liked the master and I liked uh phantom thread a ton, but I'm like, those did so those phantom thread did so well at the Oscars. I'm like, this kind of is better than that seemingly in more mainstream appeal. 
I don't know. Maybe it does. Get yeah, I, I prefer like his his 90s films to like his, uh, 21st I, century I, ones. My take uh, on Paul really Anderson like. is, is the worst take um, to give it to you is that he's a lot like and this will get I mean. No, oh, God. What, do you, uh, what are you going to say? It reminds me of Radiohead. I loved Radiohead in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You, you've said this to me before. <laughs> and it's a terrible take, but I do agree with I'm like, I love Radiohead in the 90s. And I think that Paul Thomas Anderson in the 90s is great, too. Even though the more critically acclaimed stuff came later than everybody loves in Radiohead. I'm like, give me the Benz. This yeah. is like the Benz. This is like Radiohead going back to the Benz. And Paul Thomas Anderson, like, repeats. So I'm, I'm super basic, but uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I feel like that's kind of, I mean, not to like derail this into like a music conversation, yes. but I think, you know, oftentimes in music, you prefer like your favorite musicians or artists like earlier output than later, yeah. especially if that was like part of your like youth and like adolescence. Yes. So, I was yeah. a little older. It's not maybe more like my, you know, like twenties, but yes, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Um, uh, yeah. So that's licorice pizza. I don't know. I could see. So like, I, I do have it winning. I don't know where else do you have it in? Like, you know, the Johnny Greenwood score is very light. Not a, uh, a soundtrack movie than a score. So I don't think. Yeah, gonna I'm not going to think about score until like the short lists, honestly. Yep. <laughs> like Same. there are a lot of great scores this year. Um, Cinematography, oh. I could see it maybe competing, but I don't have it. Like in. He, he was co-DP. Yeah. So. Costumes, I mean, perhaps. I, I like the costumes a lot. Um, it was, I think it was Mark Bridges, right? Yes. So he, yeah. he seems like a legit uh, possibility uh, to get in. Because he's obviously been there before. I mean, I'm not a big dress person, but I loved all her like cute dresses. Like yeah. cute, cute dresses. So I mean, so I think what did we Phantom Thread had six nominations, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, this could also get that many, but we'll see. I, I, I think again with the 10, the 10 best pictures makes it seem likely for a best picture because I just think the response is really strong and people seem to like it. And him as director and screenwriter also seem like legitimate. Uh, to me, I don't know. I think the directors, you know, will really respond to this. I mean, movie. they nominated him for directing Phantom Thread over Martin Madonna. Yes. So, so yeah. Seemingly. But also, so, so like PTA has uh, eight nominations now, and he could get, he never, he's number one, and he could get three more for this. So he, that's 11. So if he doesn't win, that's absolutely <laughs> he'd be wild. over 11. But that's also, the case with Bradley, because he's also at eight and he's a producer on Nightmare Alley, who's a official trailer just dropped this morning. Yes. Um, and so he could get into lead for that best picture for that and supporting for this. So he could go. They could both go over 11. <laughs> I just don't believe that he's going to go. For, I don't know about Bradley um, because after Star is born that I'm still not over. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever get, you know, who knows, but I think Paul Thomas Anderson, if we want to look at like, like you said before, original screenplay is always like a fun category. It usually picks like the best winners. Usually. Yeah. Most of the time, most of the time picks like the cool movies. Um, You know, I don't know right now, my list, the, the favorite, according to the odds, it's he licorice pizza is like the favorite. Then Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, Zach Balin script for King Richard in third. Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay in fourth, and then Fran Kranz for Mass in fifth with Aaron Sorkin's being Ricardo's wow, in sixth. Wow, still in top five. Wow. I think that's just because people haven't really updated. I mean, my, my, I personally have Paul I Thomas I mean, no, no offense to Mass. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have Paul Thomas Anderson winning for Licorice Pizza as well. I put Sorkin in there. I mean, it seems like, I don't know how he won't get in. I still yeah, have Don't I put, Look Up I in there. I put Ricardo's in there as well. And I mean, we talked about this last week with Belfast. Um, that it's not seen as like a writerly movie. Right. And I know. think like we saw last year, even with no, like no Land would be the comp. It didn't win screenplay. And like, even though yeah. it won best picture and best director. So Belfast could still win best picture without screenplay. I don't think they need to be connected at all. And I think, I mean, like, well, in, in this, the preferential era, like screenplay and picture are more connected than screenplay and director. Um, but it's also like, I, I mean, I, I don't have him winning for directing either for, for Belfast. So I, well, I mean, I don't have Belfast winning best picture right now either, but so it's like the Belfast win best picture without director and screenplay. Um, and maybe just like a supporting win for Katrina Valve. I I don't know. I have right now I have, I I moved power of the dog into best picture for just, I have power of the dog in first too, which, uh, came out in limited yesterday. Yes. Uh, another move. This is, this is the busy, I was like, this is a criminally busy week. Uh, you've got power of the dog, tick, tick, boom on Netflix. 
uh, Licorice Pizza and Gucci next week. King Richard on HBO and Netflix and H- uh, HBO in theaters, excuse me. Uh, just a lot of things. But yeah, I have Howard Dog winning because I was like, Jane, I think, is a front runner for director. I think it could win adapted screenplay. And if Kirsten's up for supporting actress and seemingly like the front runner there, those three together feel like best picture to me. So that's why I moved it up. Best picture. Yeah. And then like, uh, like since I've seen it like three weeks ago now, like I just like, can't wait to see it again when it finally hits Netflix in two weeks, I think. Um, just cause like we've talked about before, like you just want to rewatch this movie yeah. Not because it's confusing or anything. Like I, I, I knew going into it, like what was going to happen. But it's just fun to go back. It's, it's more rewarding to watch something you've seen already to like look for things and like you know, like sort of like what to expect. Like I, I don't mind spoilers at all. Like I tell me all the spoilers in the world for anything, even things like I don't like because it makes me pay attention more and yeah. look for things more. So I like for me like it's not about like the twist or like the surprise It's about like how you execute it. Mm-hmm. And I think the way she lays everything out is great. And um, like, she gives you like all the, the right amount of information you need throughout the movie. I, I totally agree. The other thing I would say about power of the dog is that I think this is my counter, maybe a counterintuitive take and kind of similar to Nomadland in that like, we kind of, I mean, maybe I've been personally, I'm conditioned to think of like the consensus movie being like the most down the middle, like an Argo or like Green Book. But I'm like, actually, Power of the Dog, I think, is a is a potential consensus movie because like in a lot of ways similar to Moonlight, no one dislike. I've not seen one person be like Power of the Dog, I don't think is good. Everyone thinks it's good. Like your your baseline is like good movie. And to mm-hmm. potentially like all time great movie, right? Like that's like your your thing. And I'm like, it seems like a consensus movie. Like you, like I don't know anybody who's not liked it. Uh, it's drama, and it's obviously like not a quote unquote crowd pleaser, but uh, it's super. It's just a good movie, and like good movies can win Best Picture very easily. So I think like in a preferential ballot, it's not going to be like polarizing at all. I think it's going to be like who would not have power of the dog in like a top two spot. What, yeah. You, like, you want, you want those twos and threes. Right. Even if you like like Belfast and King Richard or, you know, like being the Ricardo's or any of these other movies, you're going to have power of the dog, like two, you know, it's like, it, it is like universally a good movie. So I think that really bodes well for its long-term uh, run here through award season. And the other thing is like, it came out this week in limited release. I feel like the rollout has been really strong. Like it was, it really was a big festival hit obviously, but they've kind of like kept the, kept the the simmer going on, on the burner. It feels like it's not been like totally overwhelmed with power of the dog stuff. You know, people are still, I mean, Jane Campion getting asked about superhero movies this week. Uh, that's great, but Stop, you know, please. it comes Stop. out on Netflix <laughs> December 1st. I think that's also good because like, I was, like there's so much right now that I'm like, you know, by December 1st, I think there's a little bit of an opening, like, you know, people this weekend are probably going to be trying to see King Richard and Tick, Tick, Boom. And maybe they're going to go see Ghostbusters for whatever reason or whatever. I mean, there's more of an opening. And, for and a, yeah, next week is Gucci. And Licorice Pizza. Yeah. So it's like coming in like December 1st on Netflix is like a perfect time, I feel like, for it. And there's not that much. December, you have like Nightmare Alley, like we said, and Don't Look Up and West Side Story. And those are like the three big ones that could maybe affect the race. But you know, power of the dog right now is in a good position, I would say. And uh, I think that's why I still have a winning, but so, yeah. So then as I back to the screenplay, I'm like without Belfast, there is like winning best picture for me. Um, yeah. I think PTA could win his first Oscar here. So that could be good. Yeah. I, I'm not like those, you know, I, I don't think like voters think that way. It's like, Oh, this is a spot I could reward PTA. But I think like that, in that lineup for like original screenplay, like that will be like the strongest picture in there. You know, like you could, you could say Belfast too, but I think when you like compare them, I think you would lean more towards like PTA's screenplay. Yeah. Belfast, so, so, so that that's licorice pizza. So Joyce, uh, let's wrap up here. It's been great. I'm like, I'm super excited about, you know, what's great movies. That was the other thing I walked <laughs> out of, uh, I walked out of licorice pizza and I was like, Man, movies. What 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 a picture. What Al a Pacino. picture. It really is. I, that was my tweet. And it's like my review. What a picture. It's Al Pacino and uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Speaking of, Joyce, did you see the, the Gucci red carpet with uh, Lady Gaga and Al Pacino? 
And then she, and then like the paparazzi or like the photographers were like, take off your sunglasses out. And she's like, Al Pacino. (laughs) It's the best. Al can wear whatever he wants on the red carpet. Lady Gaga, incredible. Having her in award season should be an annual event. I I need her to be nominated because I want this like promotor, press tour to continue. Like everything is perfect. Like, and you know, she will do it. So I I think she will. And I'm very excited for her again, nominated here. I I love her in the movie. We can talk about that more next week and we'll talk about don't look up, which we'll get to see is I assume uh, where I think we're seeing it Monday. So that's good. They'll have like, I think it started, it's going to start screening. Is it, I mean, today, There's, maybe there Thursday? was, yeah, there was one today that we're not going to. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I wonder when they'll, I assume they'll have responses to, you know, the movie. Yeah. Netflix I think the embargo, cause I think there's also an LA one yeah. tonight. And I think it's the embargo or the social embargo is timed for like when they both end. Sure. Yeah. And then we could see, uh, so we'll see, they release a trailer for that this week. It looks very, uh, very star studded and a lot of good. Anim- I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 it's apparently it's pretty long. I, I just to, to, to break it to you. Yeah. But everything this season I mean, I, I expected that though, just with the amount of people in it. And I mean, like, like vice was pretty yeah. long too. There was a, there was a lot happening in vice and I expect there to be a lot happening in this. Yeah. As well. Uh, do, do you want to do a, uh, should we do another uh, succession here briefly? Oh my God. Oh yeah. So um, the fifth episode Yes, it has your favorite moment. Featuring like one of my favorite succession scenes of all time. Yes. The dead cat, the imaginary dead cat. (laughs) So who's the actor who plays Colin? Because that guy should get honestly an Emmy Uh, and carry the dead cat. His name is Scott. Incredible performance. Uh, So Logan is uh, uh, piss mad in the show because he has a UTI, which Brian Cox like Scott Nicholson. Okay. Yeah. Scott Nicholson. Great man. Scott, you rule. That was awesome. Uh, he, he has a UTI, which Brian Cox spoiled and uh, it's affecting his, his thoughts. He's losing it. And he, which, which is a real, real side effect of UTIs in uh, elderly people. Yeah. So he's confused and disoriented and he thinks there's a dead cat underneath his, uh, his chair, chair and they have to yeah. placate his, his, uh, you know, his fantasies, incredible moment of comedy. Uh, really great. I thought that was like a really great episode. It was again, like difficult. Like I was like cringing throughout, uh, just like a remarkable, awkward, uh, machinations. The episode ends with, uh, Shiv having really successfully negotiated perhaps her own seat on the board and Logan being like, you're a total idiot. And uh, let me ask you this. Are we supposed to believe how, what do you, how do you view what the deal? I, I don't, I, not to get too into the weeds on like the actual reality of the show, do you think that was a good deal for them or no? What was your take? I think it was a good deal for Shiv. Cause like she, like, obviously they wanted to avoid the vote. Right. So they needed to work something out with like Stewie and, and the Sandys and, and, you know, like uh Sandy man, Sandy, um, who may yes. or may not have syphilis enfeebled with syphilis. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, like he, his whole thing is like, he never wants any of like the kids to take over. And like, that's why he wants like veto rights. And that just to like stick into him even more is like kill the PJs, the private yeah. jets, which is, which, which is the cruelest thing really. As Roman um, says, first they came for the private jets and I said, nothing. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So like Shiv, I think, I, I think she did want to like prevent the vote so they don't lose the company. Um, but then I think in the middle of that, like she realized like to negotiate, uh, with, uh, girl, Sandy, female Sandy, like Hope Davis, like, you know, she, she wants something for herself too. So it was kind of like, I'm going to work something out for me while I'm doing like the greater good of like saving, like Waystar Orco, you know, to avoid the vote. So, and I think it's just like, you know, it always comes back to like, you know, wanting a kiss from daddy. Like and he she, does not want to do it. You know, yeah. she wants like a good job, Pinky from Logan, and like hands him like the champagne, and he's just like, get out of no. here. I'm talking to Jerry. <laughs> like that was terrible. So, like I would not have done that. <laughs> so you have uh so she basically again is uh shunned. Perhaps I, I Kendall called her, you know, nobody's been very impressed with Shiv in the office, it seems. So I feel like she's just been getting loss after loss, that she did get a personal win here. Kendall just nuked again by Logan and t- blocked his number. Totally oh my God. That was like the saddest scene at the end. <laughs> really, really tough, uh, tough beat for, for Kendall, totally sidelined. Uh, and he may I have thought killed it was Iverson's rabbit. So it's, incredible. It's like, 
I really liked, uh, I thought that scene when he comes in, so for uh, he comes in to like yell at them for effing the deal up basically, because there's a moment where like, they're going to walk away from Sandy because Brian uh, for Logan is just like, screw this. I don't want this. <laughs> and like he comes in and he's furious. And it was interesting because I had never seen Roman that angry before in response. Like I, I was like Roman, they've really set up this season to be like, he cares about his dad. Even if the dad, even if Logan doesn't necessarily care about him, I feel like a lot of Roman's, uh, interest this season has been like, why don't we think of dad as like our dad instead of like an obstacle? Like in the yeah. earlier episodes, he's been like, you know, in Kendall, he was like, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to kill our dad. Uh, why are we going to do this to dad? And even in this episode, he's more concerned with the father's health than he is the deal and kind of like is super mad at, at Kendall. So I'll be curious. I know you've seen a couple ahead. I'll be curious to see how that plays out for the rest of the season because I'm like, that's an interesting note for Roman to play. Um, and I could yeah. still see, I don't know. I mean, like, I, you know, everybody, all the kids are basically left or at least Shiv and, and Kendall are left very unhappy at the end of this episode. <laughs> so oh, yeah, for sure. And like, like the Roman thing is like, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I don't know. And I don't know. We talk about succession so much, yes. but I, I think it was on one of these, like how, like my, my take on Roman is that like, he, he's like the smartest and also like the most um, kind of like empathetic out of all of the kids because like he like doesn't actually care like sure like it'll be great for him to be CEO but he doesn't actually care about that like he just wants them to be the dysfunctional family again like right. they want he wants them to just have their like stupid silly little fights and then like go their separate ways and then come back like the next day and fight again and like go mm-hmm. their separate ways you know? like remember in the season two finale on the boat after he comes back from that like hostage situation and he's like, obviously like still shaken about it. And they're just like lounging by like the pool or whatever. And he kind of like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he kind of asks like Shiv and Kendall, like, like, can we just like talk about stuff? And like, I thought like, like you could read that either way. Like maybe you thought like he was just kind of like joking or whatever and, you know, just messing with them. But I like now, like, I'm just like, that was like kind of genuine. Cause like, they just kind of like brush him off as if he was joking. You know? Yes. Like, oh, they yeah. like make fun of him. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think like he deeply cares about them, even if like these people are terrible at expressing themselves. Like they cannot say, I love you or I care about you <laughs> or anything. So like their insults are their way of doing that. Um, and yeah, like he is protective of Logan more so this season, I think because of what Kendall did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like this one, like he's just kind of like looking out for dad and you know just wanting to like wait for dad to like come to and see like what he thinks and everything yeah he definitely he he uh i believe he even is the one who's like if dad says no we shouldn't do it because even an mm-hmm. adult dad like dad's right all the time like he's got to be right here yeah uh, i don't know i was like yeah watching i was like i don't think she made the right call she definitely made the right call for herself but for the larger mm-hmm. company i think she maybe overextended herself and i got the feeling in her scene with sandy I think it's Sandy with an I and then a Y, right? Is that yeah? How so Hope is Sandy with an I, yeah, and Larry Pine is Sandy with a Y, <laughs> right? And in that scene, we've seen Shiv like kind of like uh, be that very calculating uh, kind of con artist. We saw that in the second season when she's trying to talk to the woman who's accusing Waystar of like you know uh, Waystar cruises of rape and uh, you know, and she kind of like basically talks that woman into dropping her case and not testifying. Although a, a great scene for Sarah Snoke. Incredible yeah. scene. And she's so like evil and also like very believable. And then we saw it this season. I feel like we've seen that like an echo of that scene twice earlier when she's talking to Kendall at the journalist party, she kind of does the same thing to Kendall where she's trying to like smooth talk him into like doing what she wants. And it's almost believable enough for Kendall. And then he's like, you're the one now and he knows that she's off like she's not to be trusted and then this episode she was trying to do the same thing i felt like to hope to sandy with an eye hope davis and you could just see on her face she wasn't even believing what she was selling they ended up it ended up working out for her but i was like she's just desperate right now she's absolutely oh yeah for sure like she's i've always like the thing with i think like um like shiv as a character is so interesting. Cause I think like, obviously she's like the only girl in the family the only woman. And I think like early on, and even like in season two, when it was like Shiv season, you know, cause like Logan pegged her in the beginning to be like, you're, you're the one. Like, I think people kind of like view that cause like she is the woman. And it's like, goes back to what like, Kendall said, it's like, she is the smartest one. Like she is like the, 
like the good one because you know she also uh had a job outside of Waystar early in, in season one you know being like a political advisor or whatever for Evis yeah and um and obviously she's like come into the fold so and she's more she's like moderate i guess like more left-leaning than they are you know right. so a woke snowflake is kendall yeah right? a woke snowflake so <laughs> and like to me like her thing this is why like i think like like roman is actually like the smartest he's just like immature like shiv is smart but like she's also like way too impulsive and then like she flails like you said like mm-hmm. <clears throat> things aren't going her way because yeah, like yeah. when she was in talking to like uh the cruise ship victim like she was like in control like things were working in her favor so yes. she killed it like she crushed it but when things aren't going her way like she can't handle like when she blurted out that at in Turnhaven to like Charlie Jones, like that, like she was going to be next is because like she couldn't handle that. Like Logan wasn't announcing it to everybody. Exactly. That's a great. And that's what this felt like. That felt this episode felt like the tur- yeah. an echo to Turnhaven when she's like, it's me. Why don't you say it? Like she couldn't hold yeah. it in. And uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, so I'm very excited for for there's not a lot of episodes left. That was episode five. We have six. Yeah, seven, there's eight, only nine. nine episodes this season. It's wild. Uh, all right, Joyce, we should wrap up. This has been far too long, but uh, it's been so fun. And uh, we'll talk. So, next yeah, week. being the Ricardos. Yeah. Nicole, yeah. Kim, Nicole Kidman, uh, Vindicated, Vindicated. Vindicated. So, yeah. Alexa play Vindicated. Yes. Uh, Dashboard yeah. confessional. Love yes. it. All right, Joyce, see you later. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. 